to turn it on. Hi, uh, I'm, my name is Gordon, and I'm part of the missions team, and the missions team is praying that this mission series will help you to see that um, you have a part in God's plan uh, for people all over the world to show his love and to, um, to, to reach people all over the world. We're bringing in guest speakers to share their experiences and to broaden your perspective, and today we have uh, Jim Yu, who's going to be sharing with us. Jim's been a dear friend. I met him in 2002 when he started attending CLC after hearing about Jesus from a coworker. <clears throat> the, there was a home group that was planning a trip to Northwest China, and Jim felt a tug on his heart to join that team. So in 2003, after the SARS epidemic, uh, the group went to um, Northwest China, and on that trip, Jim felt a call from God to move to China. So in 2004... Jim moved to China and uh, for work as a software engineer and also to do ministry. Much of his time was spent with coworkers, helping them to discover who Jesus was. And he also continued going to the Northwest um, to serve at orphanages and on medical teams. And several CLC teams uh, joined him on those uh, short-term mission trips. Uh, Jim is an excellent translator from uh, Chinese to English and English to Chinese. I think he actually does a better job of, or makes it more interesting than uh, the people that he's actually translating for. <clears throat> How do I know? Uh, when uh, we were on a summer missions trip in China, he translated for me at a summer camp. <clears throat> and he got the Chinese kids to laugh and to pay attention, which is better than what I could have done in English. So Jim and his wife, Lily, are living now in San Jose, um, and they attend Chinese Church in Christ in Cupertino, and he works uh, as a software developer. <clears throat> if you'd like to join us for lunch uh, after service, uh, we'll be having a socially distant lunch outside, um, so just find Pastor Ben after, uh, after service, and he'll give you the directions. Uh, Jim and Lily have to get back to San Jose, so we'll, we'll try and start right away. Um, please welcome Jim Yu. Thank you, Gordon. Good morning, Christian Lehman Church. You know, I was wondering, uh, how do I greet this group? Um, it's such a privilege to be back here. I'm very thankful for you uh, to invite me. And uh, I was thinking, you know, how do I say something to you up front? Then I remembered years ago, <laughs> nearly 20 years ago, when I was sitting there, uh, the pastors, or at least one of the pastors, would always say, good morning, Christian Lehman Church. I was like, okay, I'm going to use that. <laughs> it's not bad if you can remember your past, what your pastor said 20 years ago, right? And I certainly hope that you remember what the speakers said last week. Um, in preparation for this Talk. I actually listened to Justin Chan's message last uh, week, and uh, I couldn't help but smile because Justin's message was based on the book of Jonah, chapter 4. And last Sunday, I was preaching at my church, CCIC Cupertino, on the book of Jonah, chapter 4. So that was uh, quite a coincidence. Uh, I can sense God is preparing us together. 
And then uh, last night I was actually looking for Justin's talk on video because previously I was listening on MP3. Why? Because I wasn't sure how I should dress. Uh, in my church, <laughs> a very tr- traditional uh, Mandarin-speaking church, uh, why I preach, I had to you know, put on the whole suit and tie everything. I was like, maybe I shouldn't do that, but I, I want to make sure. But as I was watching the video, I discovered another coincidence, which you will see very soon, that uh, the uh, PPT template that uh, Justin used was the same, uh, the one that I sent to Caitlin. I think Caitlin must be impressed. While wow, Jim, you prepared all to this uh, level of this detail. But actually, that was another coincidence. <laughs> so, um, which is nice. I, 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 I'm very honored to uh, join this series uh, to talk about missions. Uh, but I'm not putting any, any pressure on the next speaker, okay? So if you hear a very different uh, pres- presentation next week, that would be great uh, because God's mission is very much about unity in diversity. So uh, let's get to today's message. Uh, I'll pray first. Dear Heavenly Father, we thank you for this morning. Uh, I'm very thankful for you. Uh, to prepare this opportunity for me to come back to Christian Lehman Church, where I first learned and understood uh, your mission and call. And today it's a privilege to share your heart with our dear brothers and sisters. May you bless this time. In Jesus' name we pray. Okay, all right. Uh, Next slide. So when we talk about Going, so this is this week's thing, right? This whole series last week is about learning, and this week is about going. We often would think of the Great Commission, right? In Matthew uh, chapter twenty-eight, go and make disciples of all nations, uh, which is well. If you uh, really understand this uh, passage, you will know that the key phrase here is actually making disciples making disciples, and go and later baptizing people and teaching them to obey everything that God teaches us. That those are like particles. But of course, you cannot make disciples without going. Yeah. I know after the pandemic, we may actually have different experiences now because we're able to reach out to a lot of people through uh, video, online video, through Zoom, uh, through other ways. Uh, which I'm not against at all. I think that's a great uh, tools that we can use. But if you really, really want to develop relationships, you still have to go. You have to go to uh, the people and live among them and to serve them. So how do we go about it? How do we you know, put ourselves in the position of, of, go, of going? And, uh, what it takes to be a goer? So today, I'm going to uh, turn to a slightly more ancient text in Genesis, and uh, let's look at Abraham. And of course, uh, so for some of you who are familiar with Genesis, in chapter 12, at the, at the very beginning of chapter 12, God actually called uh, to uh, 
Abraham at the time, still his name was Abraham. That go from your country, your people, your father's household, and I'll make your name great. I'll make you a great nation, and you will be a blessing. And he's then God said, and all peoples on earth will be blessed through you. I hope you already see the connection between this calling from God and Jesus' great commission. You see the keywords "go," and you see God's heart is for all nations, all peoples in this world. That's why this morning I turn to this passage of Abraham and to see what we can learn from from him. And、uh, well, the first thing that we can learn from Abraham is his obedience. Next slide, please. His obedience. The very next verse saying, "So Abraham went, and the Lord, as the Lord had told him, so he simply went." And which was affirmed by a, a New Testament passage in Hebrews. It was saying, "By faith, Abraham, when called, obeyed and went." Obeyed and went.、Um, as Gordon mentioned earlier.、Um, Many years ago, in 2004,、uh, actually after my second short mission trip with CLC,、uh, first trip in 2003, that was with that small group and with Gordon and Lynn, with a few others, and the second trip in 2004 was with, with, with another Gordon. So、uh, after that, I really felt God was actually leading me back to China, where I was born. And right after、uh, that second trip, in fact, on the second day after we returned, my dad had a heart attack,、uh, and uh, so he ended up having a、uh, double bypass、uh, surgery. And prior to that, was during that short mission trip, I already accepted an offer from a software company in Shenzhen, China, that I would go there. Now, of course, with that condition. Um, everything seemed to be in doubt,、uh, but that short mission trip,、uh, in fact, two of those trips, and plus everything else that happened, that still, you know, convict me that that was the direct direction that I would be going.、Uh, of course, I did wait for my dad to recover、uh, until he also said,、uh, "You can go now. You can go now." With that blessing, I did go to China. So you could see that's kind of like a、uh, obedience that I actually lived out in that sense.、Um, but I also I know that many of you、uh, might wonder, you know,、uh, obedience might be easy, quote unquote, or simple、uh, if you know where to go. Now, what if I'm not clear about、uh, God's calling?、Uh, maybe we can pray about it. We can wait. And what else can we do? Okay, this is、uh, where I can share、uh, something that I actually thought about.、Uh, I would suggest that、uh, we can take a look at the, the world around us and apply、uh, something I called a reverse thinking.、Uh, now it's like reverse traffic. I、uh, live in San Jose, and my company、uh, is a little bit south right now uh, uh, in San Jose. So. Before the pandemic, every day I would go to work, and、uh, it was a pretty easy ride、uh, from my home to work. On the freeway, it was pretty easy. And I, when I looked over on the other side, it was packed. 
because most people would go to high-tech companies like Mountain View in Mountain View in Palo Alto. So it was all packed. It was almost like you know a parking lot on highway. And my ride, my drive, and that's why I really feel joy. You know, it's like I go into reverse traffic, right? So that's what I suggest us to also look around. Where are people going, and where am I going? So the the, the map that I'm just showing you, these are actually a map of last recent in recent years, the migration trend. Okay, we know this world and people moving around constantly. Uh, I grew up in China, so my family came here uh, way back in uh, 1987 as immigrants, and we know that immigration keeps happening. And in this graph, uh, the red color, or light red color, are the so-called export countries of immigrants, and the ones with green color are the uh, imported countries. And of course, uh, there was no surprise. The biggest import country is the United States. Right? Uh, on this map, uh, Canada seemed to be greener, uh, well, simply because their population base is smaller. But uh, the U.S. is the largest uh, 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 country still to have uh, immigrants. Uh, the second largest by population uh, is Germany. Yeah. So that's no surprising. Uh, next slide, please. And you can see that people from all over the world, especially from Asia, you know, China, India, right, or from Africa, they all come to America. So that's how people move in general. If I want to apply a little reverse thinking, maybe God will prepare us to go reverse. Next slide. You can see that this place is where we often call as 41040 window in, in missions term. Uh, that's where uh, we have the people with the least evangelized uh, countries, but also people with the poorest living conditions. So there are many good reasons for uh, so-called richer or more developed countries to reach out to those, uh, those regions. And, of course, as God's people, I think that's even more uh, something that we could really think about that uh, if we apply a little bit of reverse thinking, maybe those, that's the direction of missions. Of course, God always surprises, right? You don't want to ignore other parts of the world as well. On this map, you know, Mexico is definitely red. Uh, that's definitely a place we want to reach out. I just heard the announcement. Uh, we're preparing for another trip to Tijuana. Uh, that's, that was one trip I missed that I didn't make. And I wish one day I could join uh, such a short admission team as well. So, okay, maybe that gives a general direction. And uh, am I supposed to wait until that I'm clear exactly where to go? Like which country or which people group that I should reach? Well, yes and no. Yes, we'll constantly wait, pray, and also be observant, like I just described. You know, look at uh, this world. Where are people going? Uh, where uh, am I going? You know? uh, in fact, I just want to add that even our faith, uh, looking at how what we should believe, uh, is something that we should look at that too. Uh, our faith, Christianity, is not a uh, popularity context. It's like more people believe than I would join. 
In fact, in this world, more and more people are moving away from God. What am I supposed to do? How am I really understand God's calling? So God would actually would prompt us when we pray, when we wait. He would speak to us. Maybe not like, you know, a real voice. I never experienced that myself. But you would sense that prompting. So yes, we would wait on God. But also no, uh, I don't think uh, God will tell you everything up front. Uh, God often works in a very mysterious way that he would lead you maybe one step at a time. I remember when I was in Singapore, I was doing uh, uh, my seminary study there. I know this dear brother. Uh, we got fairly close, and he had a great heart. He had a big heart for China. So we actually sometimes pray together about that. And he was actually preparing himself, uh, going through some, uh, some uh, uh, theological training as well. And it was during that training, he got to know this sister, and they fell in love and ended up uh, get, uh, married. And this sister, this sister, she had a great heart for Cambodia. So they got married. He had a great heart for China. She had a great heart for Cambodia. So what did they do? They got married, and they ended up in Los Angeles. Huh? Okay. I'm sure, okay, I know that was only temporary. I know deep in my heart they will eventually go to Asia. But I'm just illustrating that, yes, God gave us a general direction, but often we have to go one step at a time. What, what's that? Next slide. That's what we call faith. Yeah, I just, I'm going to complete the verse I quoted earlier in Hebrews. Uh, By faith, Abraham, when called, obeyed and went, even though he did not know where he was going. Even though he did not know where he was going. So faith uh, actually is very much connected with obedience, or vice versa. Obedience is very much connected with faith. If I want to uh, make a little distinguish, I would say this. Obedience is what gets get us started. Obedience gets us started. But faith is what keeps us going. Faith is what keeps us going. So you need both. You, want, you need to have obedience to start your journey, and you need to have faith to keep going. And this is not a blind faith. Yeah, next slide, please. Because remember... At the very beginning, when God called Abraham, or Abraham, he did say this. He said, you know, go from your country, your people, and your father's household to the land I will show you. To the land I will show you. It's a future tense. He did not say, okay, this is where I want you to go. In other words, at the beginning, Abraham was going. He had a general direction, but he didn't know where exactly this land will be. But God said, I will show you. Next slide, please. And indeed, after a few verses, we see that the Lord appeared to Abraham on his journey and said, to your offspring, I will give this land. Of course, that's the, the rest, rest circle in the map. That's Canaan. Right, that's the land that Halfway through, uh, Abraham was there, and God appeared and said, this is the land. That's why we call that the promised land. So at that moment, in fact, 
God fulfilled his earlier uh, 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 promise that God will show him a land, and he actually gave him uh, even a greater promise. That is, to your offspring, I will give this land. I will give the land. This is something that we may not think much until we actually experience it. I myself experienced that. Uh, As Gordon introduced and also I shared earlier, I ended up in Shenzhen, China. But what actually really moved China was the place, the northwest of China, at a particularly remote area. Uh, That's the area that I always felt like I fell in love with on those short mission trips. Every time I was there, I, I just could feel my heartbeat you know, speed up, you know. but also maybe because of the high altitude. Okay? But it was like every time, I just felt like uh, that's connection with that land. So while I was in Shenzhen, I, initially I was a software engineer, then later I became a manager. Right? I, you know, I went through every day, I was still thinking about that place. I really felt like that's where God would would, would let me to. Until one day, until one day, it, it, it was dawned on me as if I heard God speaking to me that, Jim, look around you. Look around you. Look at your co-workers. Don't you love them? Don't you love them? That's the moment I suddenly feel like, okay, God showed me something that I didn't think of before. But because of my obedience at the beginning to going to China, and because I kept looking on him by faith, finally he showed me. He said, actually, you know, this is a mission field. Look at around you. Look at your coworkers. This is your mission field. I was, that was, I would say, the uh, uh, big turning point in my missional journey. Uh, that's why I started to understand actually deeper and even bigger God's heart. And so uh, that was, that's how I started with uh, my uh, our workplace ministry. Yeah. So in other words, uh, I was able to get around. Of course, I still return to that far away land. I think to this day still in my heart, I couldn't wait to go back there. Just yesterday, I saw an English teacher uh, on, on the social media, we use WeChat, right? In her uh, moments, uh, he was talking about uh, their, their roads is being blocked again because they are trying to prevent the pandemic to spread. So they are getting little tense there again. So I, would, I just greet her. I said, oh, things are getting serious? And she asked back, she said, how are, how, how are you doing? And uh, I hope to see you again. She was saying that, she said, I hope to see you again. I replied, yes, I hope to see you again. So that part is still uh, in my heart, but God was saying that. Don't waste any day of your life. While you're looking forward to maybe another destination, but every day, every day counts. So how do we do that with obedience and with? How do we go about with our everyday life? Next slide, please. That's I will turn again. That's where I will turn again to Abraham to see what we can learn from his journey. Still in the very first passage of his journey. So after God appeared to him, he built an altar. And from there, he went to another place, not far away, another place, uh, another place 
and he pitched his tent, and he built another altar to the Lord and called on the name of the Lord. Uh, you notice that I highlighted uh, three little words there. We often, as Christians, would quickly grabbed by the altar that in this passage, right? Uh, he was calling on, on on the name of God. He was building altars. That seems like definitely a model of our you know Christian life. But I want to draw your attention today to another word, tent. Yeah, we may often read that by passing. Yeah, of course, he pitched the tent. But what does tent mean? What did tent mean to Abraham? You think, oh, okay, yeah, that's uh, definitely, that's his family, where they live. Um, you can imagine, right? right? They live there, they, they eat there, they sleep there. But I will say that tent also meant Abraham's profession. His, his lively. His his uh, his living, how he made make a living. Um, he they live in a nomadic life, right? They go everywhere and they shepherd uh, different herds, and they would move their tents everywhere they go. So the tent meaning their whole life, and by building altars right next to the tent, I think that's very meaningful, and that's a I would say a holistic living that we're missing out today. Um, we really often separate our family, our work, our everyday living uh, with our worship. We feel like, okay, we come here on Sundays to worship God, but Monday through Friday or plus Saturday is ours. It's, it's something separate. But of course, I know more and more we begin to recognize that's the wrong thinking. We shouldn't have that kind of like sacred and, and secular divide, but we should live a holistic life, which we can see clearly that's how Abraham lived his life. That's how he got prepared every day uh, to go wherever God wanted him to go by faith. So, we know uh, when we go, when we go out there, we want to be a very effective witness to God, uh, to Jesus Christ. Uh, we often talk about you must have a holy living, and today I want to add to that, we must also have a holistic living. Uh, next, uh, next slide, please. So in Shenzhen, that's begun something that I began to uh, practice or live out, or maybe uh, even began to recognize it. Because at the very beginning, my focus on so-called workplace ministry is still on about you know sharing the gospel, which of course I would continue to do. Um, but very quickly, I noticed something. You know, in our company, we actually had uh, some weekly ac- activities. We, we we would invite our coworkers uh, on a Thursday night to to really just talk about their work, about their life. But we often um, you know. Uh, uh, combine that with uh, uh, their thinking about our sharing of our faith. And eventually we end up having a Bible study with my coworkers every other Thursday night. And the other Thursdays we talk more about our general life, about their work. So that's what we do. And, and those holidays like Christmas, Easter, and also the Chinese holidays like mid-autumn become, uh, become our favorite time to share God's news by using 
those uh, holidays uh, as a entry point to share with them. So you can see in the picture, that's, that's what we did. So we have these uh, uh, special times, special times with the fest, uh, along with the festivals or holidays, and also weekly, uh, weekly Bible studies. But I noticed something, was that people who came to these gatherings, my coworkers who came here, uh, those, the ones who really paid attention are the, were the ones that already, I already built work relationships. So that's when I realized that my ministry was not weekly, was not quarterly, but daily. How I work together with them, with them on everyday project, how I actually, how we help each other, how we actually work together. That became, again, uh, something very, very important now in my ministry back then. Uh, in fact, uh, I, I will share a little very interesting story. Uh, after I uh, uh, finished my seminary study uh, from Singapore Bible College, I came back to uh, Shenzhen. I went back to the same company because they reserved a opening for me. They said, you didn't have to quit your job. You just, you just come back. So I did go back. Uh, then uh, one uh, ex-co-worker, because she left the company, she actually was looking for me. She said, oh, Jim, I just heard that you just came back from Singapore. I've been looking for you. Uh, I want to share news with you. I said, oh, what's that? She said, I am a believer now. I just became a Christian. I've been looking for you. I want to share this news with you. I said, great, wonderful. And she said, oh, remember all those, you know, activities you had in the company? Of course. And now you can imagine my smile, right? Of course we had those things. And yes, I remember that. And then she said, I didn't go to any of those. <laughs> so I was thinking, now, why are you telling me this then? Then she added, I remembered you were a good manager. I remembered you were a good manager. So that actually had a huge impact on me, on my thinking. Because as a Christian, I began to separate these things. You know, work is work, faith is faith. But in her eyes, actually, it's, it's the same thing. To her, even though she didn't go through this, uh, the, these activities, evangelistic uh, activities, she still reckons me as both a manager and also a Christian. I shouldn't separate that myself. So go back to how we prepare as an effective goer. I think that's a big part of it. We live out a holistic life every day, and as we continue to discern God's calling, we'll be more and more ready. And he will lead us to uh, the land that he will show us. So now I'm back uh, to the Bay Area. A few years ago, uh, mainly because I needed to take care of my aging parents. Uh, Actually, my dad passed away three, four years ago. And uh, now I uh, continue to live in uh, uh, work in the software engineering uh, field. I'm a, uh, a software engineer manager now in a healthier healthcare company, and uh, uh, I continue want to you know live out. I I, I, well, I thought about this. You know, how do I do what I did in China and I can continue to do it here? And of course, it's very different. Uh, in fact, I remember a few years ago I did come back here one time. I was talking to uh, Pastor Andrew, 
you know, he was asking, you know, how's it like, you know, sharing the news in, in China? And I said, almost half jokingly, I said, it's much easier there. <laughs> I say it's much tougher <laughs> in Silicon Valley. But it's actually just very different. It's a very different context. I remember I, I think I did use the analogy uh, with, uh, with, uh, with Pastor uh, Andrew. I was saying like, in China, the air was not good. The air was not good. Of course, uh, I mean the pollution, but also the political air is very uh, uh, suffocating <laughs> you, if you want to, as a believer. But the ground is soft. Uh, people were seeking. People were seeking the ground uh, soft. But this is over here. The air is much cleaner, you know, other than the warfare we had the last few years. The air is much cleaner because we seem to have all the freedom, right? But the ground is harder somehow. But you know what? No place is easy. No place is easy. Every place God will call his people to respond to his calling. And I would suggest that be observant to the people, uh, the world around us, and apply a little bit of a reverse thinking. So maybe God is calling us to stand firm, even though maybe one day we'll be in minority. So next slide. Um, I really uh, want to share uh, a little bit uh, what I've been practicing. Uh, that's uh, help. Uh, if you recognize the uh, uh, acronym, uh, H-E-L-P. So that's what I want to live out uh, at my work. So honor God with my work, encourage one another, especially with other believers in my company, and love my coworkers, and finally pray for my company. Pray for my company. Uh, I actually first heard this from Pastor Roy Tinkenberg. Uh, some of you might remember that name because he served at this church years ago as well. Uh, now he's a pastor in Mountain View. And when I've heard that, I was like, oh, I can apply that in my life. So this is something that I'm sharing uh, with people wherever I go. This is something I want to live out, living a holistic living. So in summary, God called us to go and make disciples of all nations. So how do we go about that? How do we prepare ourselves to be a goer? I think we, again, to, to have that obedience. Yeah. We to have that, to start with that obedience. When we sense that God's leading us into missions, you just start, even though you may not know where you're going. Or you can just observe where other people are going, then you want to go through the reverse traffic. And we keep going by faith. And we keep going by faith. And finally, we prepare ourselves through a holistic and holy living every day. Let's end with the prayer. Dear Heavenly Father, dear Jesus, we know that you called us to go and make disciples of all nations. And we know this is something, this is not something that Jesus came up at the end of his earthly ministry, but this is God's design from the very beginning, as we can solve in Abraham. So today, we ask that the Holy Spirit 
the same spirit that worked in Abraham will continue to work in us so that we know what to do going forward, so that we know how to pray, how to wait on you, and how we may get ready to be going out to the mission field, whether it's across the oceans or rather it's across the street. In Jesus' name we pray.